Hey, Sam, this is, uh, this is the mole calling you from the Bunker Club. I'm just here having a few, uh, few drinks to calm my nerves after taking a tour of the Tower Theater. I wanted to, I wanted to give you a heads up on something I heard about it because I, I listened to your first episode over the Overholster Mansion. Loved it, man. So, uh, I thought this would be a perfect tip for you. There's, there's been some satanic stuff that's gone down in that Tower Theater. I didn't know if you knew that. Um, but I'm pretty sure that, uh, there's some hauntings going on there from ritualistic deaths. I know there's been some kind of lynchings or something, but, uh, man, it definitely involves Satanism and ritualistic murder. And there's still some spooky stuff, man. I, I felt it in there. I'm not going to have some drinks to calm down, Sam. So, uh, I hope this tip worked out for you. I'm Sam Saxon. I'm Joff DeRoot. And you're listening to Tales Unveiled, where we explore urban legends. This episode of Tales Unveiled is sponsored by Oki Comics. Oki Comics Magazine is a quarterly anthology publication showcasing the talents of Oklahoma creators with stories featuring Oklahoma. Check them out at okiecomics.com. That's O-K-I-E comics.com. After Joff and I had our discussion about the authenticity of the Skirbin Hotel stories, I had changed the subject to us visiting the Tower Theater, which he was curious to hear what they had to say to support his claims of paranormal activity in Oklahoma. He had asked me, why them? And I played that voicemail you just heard. This intrigued him. Oklahoma has a rich heritage of spooky stories mixed in with theaters. I guess they seem to like the shows as much as the living. Really? Do tell. Oh yes, going back as far as the Pollard Theater, one of Oklahoma's oldest theaters. There in Guthrie, soon after the land run, renovated up through became a vaudeville theater in the 19-teens. Today they still show shows, and they say they have lots of sounds of people walking up in the catwalks and among the rafters, even when no one's in the building. Interesting. What about some of the other theaters? Like maybe something a little bit closer? Like uh, Here in the Plaza District, we have a, a theater very similar to that of the Tower, so I'm curious to hear what they might have. The Lyric Theater in the Plaza uh, was a cinema show uh, back in the day, but of course it's uh, shut down. Uh, as Oklahoma City kind of hit the brakes there in the, the 1970s. And it has since been renovated into live shows by the Lyric Theater Company. I love them. Yeah, they have all sorts of great shows. And apparently a, a spirit named Rachel is watching them as well. I was told the story that during the renovations, uh, the uh, staff arrived one morning and found their contractor standing out in front of the door. And they, they approached him, seeing what was long. And before he would explain anything, he demanded to know who Rachel was. And they, they said, well, we don't know Rachel. And he says, no, one of you has to be Rachel. And they said, no, we don't have anybody who works for us named Rachel. So he told them that uh, that night he'd been working on hanging some lights. And while he was on the ladder, he felt this cold gust just rush, uh, he said, through him. It wasn't around him. It, it actually, as uh, he said, penetrated his soul. Uh, shook him to the core, so he, he got down off the, the ladder and made sure it wasn't a stroke or anything. But eventually he, he came back to himself and decided, well, I'll just get back to work. And when he did, when he was on top of the ladder again, the same thing happened. And this time he heard among the wind uh, the name Rachel. And that spooked him enough that he, he spent the rest of the night outside the building waiting for people to show up and, and he could talk to. And as soon as he found out there was no one living named Rachel uh, connected to the theater, uh, he quit and they had to find a new contractor. 
Interesting. Mm -hmm. And they say that uh, to this day they hear footsteps and uh, sometimes voices, uh, even when the building's empty in the middle of the night. I've been there for a couple shows, and I haven't really noticed anything off about the Lyric Theater, but... They say she's fairly subtle. They don't have to worry too much about people being disturbed. But if you're listening and uh, during a quiet time, usually at night, uh, you might hear someone there when you didn't think anyone was. Well, what about the Sooner Theater here in Norman? That's said to have two specters. Uh, So the Sooner Theater got started also as a movie house back in the 1920s. It was heralded as the first talkie theater in this entire region in Oklahoma. Um, Other movie managers would come in and take a look and see what kind of equipment that they could work out for their own theaters. Fast forward to today when it's run by the Friends of the Sooner Theater Society. Uh, They now do live shows there instead of film. Uh, Lots of kids camps and community programs. They say they're in the lobby, which is still the hand-paneled wood and the painted shields of Spanish royal houses. There is a lady, all dressed in white, who descends the eastern stairs. Uh, they say she's fairly aloof, but very beautiful, and, and you sometimes see her directly, and sometimes just out of the corner of your eye, as she uh, comes to the bottom of the stairs and then vanishes. Uh, some people say that she must be one of the starlets from the 1930s who had come to uh, different theaters around the country and kind of push the movie can you know meet the actress and then see the film other people say well no look at her dress she's wearing those long sleeves like they had back in the 1890s she's probably a relic from the previous building to stand there the old planters hotel which is the uh, first ever hotel in norman oklahoma but no one is sure no that we don't have enough historical data about that uh, nor do we have any uh, details about the other specter up in the balcony said to be on the west side there's a second one There is ample activity here in the central Oklahoma area, especially here with such a rich point of history on this exact plot of land. Uh, Going back to the the Planters Hotel, it was also the first dentist office in Norman, Oklahoma, which they said in the 1890s, if you were with child and no longer wished to be with child, you could go to any kind of medical practitioner to take care of that, including a dentist. So, in addition to the specters and the sound of babies crying, they say that there is a a woman all dressed in gray. They say you see her kind of like through a fog. What do you mean, like through a fog? Visually, can't really nail down what she looks like, but it's uh, so vivid in her wails that I've had two separate people tell me that they saw her and heard her and thought she was somebody who needed help. But as they approached, uh, she faded just like a fog until no one was there. Hmm. Well, I'm really curious now to what tower theater has to tell us i can't wait it was a thursday afternoon when i met up with joff again he stood under the tower theater knee and marquee which had been an icon of 23rd street for decades inside the lobby of the tower theater its original charm had been restored the posh white walls were almost museum-like and made even more so with the artwork from 612's current artists in residence in the lobby were two people. I had explained that we were here to visit Steven Tyler, who just happened to walk down from the red carpeted stairs as I said his name. Steven is one of the managing partners of the theater and self-proclaimed technomancer. Hey Steven, how's it going? It's uh, going great, how are you doing? Doing fabulous. Hey, I'm with uh, Jeff DeRoot. <clears throat> That's Jeff DeRoot. Sorry. Anyway, we're here for the tour. Yeah, sure. I, I'd love to give you guys a tour and show you what we've done at the tower and tell you a little bit about the history. So we can start right here. 
Say that one, we can start right here in the lobby. Awesome. All right, go, uh, go ahead and lead the way. So as you can see, we've completely restored the building. Um, this was originally opened in 1937 as a movie house, and we've converted it to a, a, a venue, and uh, we still do movies upstairs. From what I understand, this was actually a, a series of theaters that was built during a time in the 30s where they were expanding art house movies from the West Coast um, across the country, started in LA. And I think this was actually a series of theaters uh, built by a, a company that built some in California and then in Colorado and various, like kind of moved across the country building these sort of theaters. So they consulted with some people locally to make sure the theater fit into the style. Um, I think there was a guy named George Grayson at the time who sort of worked on you know, it's fitting into this niche, it's part of a strip here, so they kind of had to fit it in the right way and make sure it connected with utilities and other services. So, But as, you, as I said, we've completely restored it, so you, you see all of the wall, the plaster, all the design has been recreated originally. They really tried to respect the history of the theater. And this is sort of the main rotunda area. It was pretty faithfully restored. You can see here we brought one of the projectors down from our projection booth. Um, these were installed in the 60s when another owner uh, took over the building, a guy named Ferris Shanbor. He actually ended up owning a couple theaters in Oklahoma City at that time, and he updated the technology. And so we pulled this out to make room for our new systems. Um, but it's a really cool piece. A lot of people like to see it. We pulled a little bit of history there and put on there. It was an interesting process to take that apart um, and get it out of there. We had some weird struggles. Um, uh, in a sense, we almost joked that like it seemed like the building didn't want us to take it down. I don't know. You know, it was almost too big to fit through the doors, so it was deconstructed by a, a guy. We went through a couple different contractors before we found one that was actually able to get it to sort of submit to being removed. So sometimes it seems like those projectors have a life of their own. The sign said it was a Phillips Norocco DP70 projector. It was a beast of machine wrapped in steel. I would say it was seven feet tall and it looked like one of those old-timey crankshift cameras had a baby with a cannon. Fun fact, this brand of projector is the only one said to win an Oscar, according to the plaque, of course. Stephen led us into the main theater, which had a terrace floor with a second-story balcony filled with permanent seating. It was modernized with red curtains for sound control and an enormous retractable screen was down. So this is the main auditorium. Uh, again, this was originally a movie house. Uh, so the floor was originally sloped and it had theater seating all throughout here. Uh, when we took over, we, we had to pull all those out and we re redid the floor to make it where we could have standing room for concerts or pull tables in for events, so it's really nice. Uh, you can see our cinema screen is currently down, lowered right now in the middle of the room. We use the balcony primarily. The balcony still has all the original historic seats in it that have been refurbished. So we show movies up there, we do concerts down here. It took a lot of work to get the building to a place where we could do concerts because it was a movie house beforehand. So it didn't have a lot of the rigging and a lot of the electrical. So we've done a lot of work on the structure and even down, there's actually a basement under the stage that we should go take a look at. There's some just interesting space. You don't normally see something like that in a building like this. You guys aren't afraid of like dark, musty spaces, right? I thrive on them. Well, hopefully all the lights are working. We have trouble keeping them on down there. We've tried a couple of different types of light bulbs, but they always seem to want to burn out or flicker or short out at weird times. So watch your step. The staircase is kind of narrow and uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Steep. 
It was narrow, it was steep, and on top of that, it was creepy. It was a typical basement. Low ceiling, concrete walls, pipes casting shadows from the dim bulbs, but something felt off. When I first actually came in the building and they had just renovated it and it was all just sort of big wide empty space, like it was just cavernous in there. Like you, you could, and just it would echo. I was sitting at the far edge, very back row of the balcony, just sitting there one day in silence by myself because I was just, I was almost looking for a place to just kind of like clear my head. And I sat there and all of a sudden I start to hear this sound. And I'm like, what is that sound? And it was this water drip but I could hear it all the way at the back of the room. And it was just this whoop, whoop, but it took me like 10 minutes to figure out what the hell it was. So yeah, as you see, we do a lot of storage and stuff down here. Um, all of our power and stuff for the concert systems comes through the basement. And when this was first, um, they first began renovations down here, this place was a mess. It was flooded. There were quite a number of dead animals down here, not to mention over the years, like seemed like homeless people or other people had broken in here. There was graffiti and weird markings on the wall. Like if I didn't know any better, I would almost say somebody was doing like sacrifices down here or something with the number of dead cats and, and weird symbols on the wall. But we've cleaned it all up and gotten all the water out because obviously we don't want water and, and stuff near our high voltage power systems. And we're having to, we're actually having to troubleshoot a little bit. We keep having weird power losses, never during a show luckily, but Usually in the off days, we'll just come in and things have been reset or turned off or they won't turn back on properly or you see light bulbs go out down here for no reason. Even like modern LED bulbs, we have trouble down here. So it's kind of a weird space, but it's it's not a space most people know. Um, it was the original home actually to the, one of the big selling points of the Tower Theater when it opened was it had scientifically controlled air, which is in 1937, basically air conditioning was a new thing. So that's what they called it. And you can see this huge duct of all this tattered stuff that supposedly goes up and into the roof, but you know, nobody's really ever paid too much attention or gone that way. So who knows where that goes? You said there was graffiti and watermarks. What exactly did they look like? Uh, I mean, your, your typical stuff, you had some phallic symbols, some cuss words. Uh, it, like I said, it looked with not just the dead animals, but there were some things that I would maybe call, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Um, pagan or I don't want to say like demonic or anything like that. Cause I don't know that much about that stuff, but definitely some, some symbols that would be in your stereotypical, like, oh, we're conducting witchcraft movies or whatever. You see the circles drawn on the ground type of thing. And it was, it was all over the place. I couldn't tell you exactly where they were now, but it was just a mismatch of all kinds of different stuff. So the whole reason we're here is because we heard some ghost stories. Ah, yeah, ghost stories. I've heard a few ghost stories of being here. In fact, we had a movie crew come in here um, early on and shoot a film. It was just a fictional thing. and. For some reason, in the course of that making that movie, they sort of rewrote, they felt compelled to rewrite a scene that included a, a murder taking place in one of the bathrooms upstairs. Um, we thought that was, well, whatever, you know. And so they filmed this little scene with somebody dying in the stall. Uh, and it was a couple weeks after that that I was talking to somebody. And when I go around a town and I talk to people and they find out that I 
work for the tower and I'm doing this stuff over here. Everybody's got some kind of story. Usually it's like, oh, I saw a sound of music there. Or, oh, my grandmother took me to see whatever there. Um, but a lot of people, I found a number of people that used to work here over the years. And this one guy talk, starts talking to me. He worked for uh, the guy I mentioned earlier, Ferris Shanbor, and was telling me a story how he used to help him close down at the end of the night. And one night uh, they were closing down. He was kind of walking through the theater to make sure everybody was out. And he heard a noise coming from the bathroom. So he goes in the bathroom and, you know, here's here's some rustling or something and calls out and and turns out there's like a really drunk or otherwise intoxicated. He says it was a Native American guy in one of the bathroom stalls. And as soon as he kind of knocked on the stall and approached, the guy like kind of freaked out and busted out. And at the time, I guess the the manager or the owner kept a gun here to defend himself because they had money and all kinds of stuff and ended up having to kill this guy in the bathroom. Turns out in the very stall that movie crew decided to shoot their death scene in, which like I said was was a last minute decision. They arbitrarily made it, chose out of the five stalls in that bathroom, chose that one to, to focus the scene on. And so uh, that guy also began to tell me that after that he would be working late at night and he would always hear something coming from the bathroom and every time he'd go in there the noise would go away but if he was wandering around the building he would hear these sounds and it always seemed to be coming from that location so I, I, I don't put a lot of stock in that thing myself but it is kind of weird to me to find out that someone decided to shoot a scene there and then I find out weeks later that someone was shot there So That's fascinating, let me make a note here What else can you tell us about the supposed haunted history of this place well like i said we the only other weird thing outside of the weird stuff that happens down here in the basement which i would say if, if we're going to say weird stuff happening in this building it always happens down here but the the next probably most creepy place is our projection booth during the renovation that actually was not renovated uh, it still sort of looks like the day it it shut down last um, and in fact when they opened it up and started renovations there were all kinds of movie reels I mean it was literally like they closed for business one day walked out the door and nobody ever came back like there were still movie reels on the on the cutting deck and the projectors were still there in perfect condition and all that sort of stuff but what was interesting is when we were having our new systems uh, we had the contractors out to kind of do the initial spec on what kind of system we'd put in and where it would go and how it would all work and what kind of power and all that jazz. They were taken aback by a lot of the doors and fixtures in the space. And in fact, they talked about how uncomfortable it made them. And then I was like, I don't understand. What do you mean? It's like, well, you see, these are all fire doors and you see there's this big, these big panels over the windows where the projectors shoot out. And he's like, this is all fire suppression system. And I was like, that, I don't understand. And if you look up there, there's all these pulleys and different things. And I guess projection booths back in the day before we had sprinkler systems and you know, even chemical fire extinguishers and stuff like that, film is so flammable that it was common for fires to ignite and just immediately get out of control. In fact, if you've ever seen uh, that movie Inglorious Bastards, there's that scene at the end where they start the fire in the theater and that was that's actual like it's based on the fact that like you pretty much could light a film reel and in seconds have a raging fire that could completely take out a building. Yeah, I've heard stories about Film Row, how some of those buildings are designed to basically enclose the fires to just keep from burning all of downtown. Yeah, so that was that's what they were telling me is like, yeah, you see all these pulleys, all these things are on counterweights because if a fire broke out, they would burn the ropes and basically turn the projection booth into to a literal death trap. And the projectionist 
would effectively be sacrificed because the fire would go so fast that if they didn't immediately shut the doors and do all these things, like it would spread into the theater and kill everybody and be horribly tragic. There was a fire here, I believe, I feel like maybe it was in the 40s or 50s. Um, and it was part of what triggered the renovations in the 60s when Chanbor took over. I don't know much about that fire. I don't know what happened. I would have, I would assume, I know it hit the balcony hardest. Um, in fact, I found some pictures of it recently. And uh, so I would assume it had something to do with the projection systems or something because if a fire is going to break out in a movie theater or something, either that or like somebody was smoking a cigarette inside because back in the day you could do that and maybe like set the thing on fire. But there's... The projection booth is always, it's a, you get a creepy vibe walking in there because like I said, we haven't really touched it. So you walk in there and you're almost immediately transported back into the forties to the sixties and everything was there. And you know, you can just kind of, you almost feel like you see someone working at the, the projectors and, but beyond that, I've never heard a lot of specific ghost stories, except that most of the people that tell me that they've worked here in the, in the past, always experience some weirdness, some noises, some seeing something out of the corner of their eye, you know, that sort of standard fare. As the renovation's gone, there should have been an increase. Uh, they say that uh, stirring things up can happen as you do remodels. Yeah, uh, you know, I I have had a lot of discussions with the, the supervisor who was in charge of the renovations, the general contractor. I don't know why, but I know that early on they went through a couple of different supervisors. Some people that were working here decided they didn't want to work on the project anymore, which always seemed a little strange to me. And the guy that ended up taking it sort of all the way, uh, he's very proud of his work here and all this. So, so it, was, it was a project that people should have been excited to work about and be proud of. The fact that they suddenly didn't want to be involved anymore. I'd always wondered about that. And like I said, when we first, when the renovations first completed, this space was very cavernous and very sound. And you would, you could be standing in here by yourself and hear noises that you couldn't identify. And whether that's an air conditioner rumbling on the roof or, or something, you know, for all I know, a, a, a mouse scurrying across a corner. But uh, I would say that you know, most of the weird things that happen around here, and I guess this might be, I hear a, a lot of stories that supernatural things often interact with electrical systems. Like I said, we have issues with lighting and weird power outages. We can't seem to keep the neon marquee operational 100%. Weird letters, letters are always going out, segments are always going out, versus, you know, other businesses in the district that have really complicated neon signs that have been running for years with no problems. It's like, so sometimes I wonder if, there's not something working against us to keep those things running, but... Yeah, it sounds like there's definitely something in here. So what other stories might you have? Well, I don't like to really put a lot of stock into this stuff. Um, I haven't really heard many stories, but I can say that I... I'll tell you that I, I experienced something personally very strange here. Um, I've mentioned the projection booths and, and how they weren't restored. And it, it was almost... Uh, somebody said something once that it was almost like opening a tomb that like when you open that door, it was like, it was untouched and you've got these big projectors and you've got this risk of, of, you know, fire danger and all of these things that, so one of the very first times I went in there, there is a, a window at the far end of the projection booth. And when you open that door, you kind of get that sort of 
blast of light and sort of everything. So it takes your eyes a second to adjust and and you can't always make out a lot of details in the object in there. And I swore up and down that I saw like a person, but it was one of those, like, I didn't know if it was a shadow. I didn't know if it was, I mean, for all I know, it could have been like a bird flying past the window, but it was a, it was a shape and it was a quick movement. And I didn't think much of it at the time because it was really dark in there. We hadn't put new lighting in or anything like that. So I was like, ah, you know, it's a reflection of something. You got these projectors, you got lenses. And, but one of the things that freaked me out was when we first turned on the new projector, there was there was a weird issue with getting it to sort of focus on the screen that we had installed and and there was a moment where um, when i turned it on and i was kind of putting up a test pattern or something i had some sort of weird blockage in the image and i thought oh we didn't we didn't open it up or there's a i don't know there's a piece of like uh, protection on like, you know, open a new camera or something. Sometimes you've got like the little piece of plastic on the lens that's like protecting the glass or something. So like I saw this and I was confused by it for a minute. And then I go down and I start checking the projector. I'm checking things and I can't find anything wrong. When I look back up, it's gone. And so multiple times I've been up there and felt like I've seen something that when I really tried to focus on it or identify what it was, it would then disappear. But I think Ultimately, if there, you know, let's just say for a second that there is something and I'll, I'll admit that there is or not. We've been so good about honoring the history of this building that I think in some cases you talk about people stirring up, you know, spirits when they do construction. I think a lot of times it's because people are re, they're tearing a building down for a new purpose or they're, they're turning a, an old theater like this into a restaurant or something where they're, they're disrespecting the, the heritage, you know, those those stories you hear of people building apartment complexes on Indian burial grounds and stuff like that. Like that's a that's a disrespectful action on that sacred space. So if there was a spirit here, if there was something going on here, I feel like outside of just wanting to be known, they're not doing anything to really prevent us because what we're doing is so in line with the history of Tower and, and what it's been. So hopefully Spirits, if you're out there and you're listening, you'll understand that we're here to do good things. Well, concerning this image from the camera, that's a repeating visual. We could um, even have potential apparition out of that. I, I could get a team in here. Uh, we could do some serious research around the clock. What would you say to that? Is that all right? No, I, I think that would, we operate regularly. We have multiple events every week. We've got concerts and movies. Like we don't really have the ability to dedicate a bunch of time to just some... But this is serious. This is science. We need to find this out. This is the question of the afterlife. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I get that like if you could prove that, that would be a huge thing for you. But you know, we're, we're a business. We're running here. We're, we, we, we can't just... And not to mention like the publicity of all of a sudden Towers Haunted. Like that's going to go against what... Why wouldn't you want to be haunted? That it's. I'm sure there's some business side to it too, but this is a question of philosophy. This is a question of understanding reality. It just, you know, I, that just seems like something we don't really want to be associated with. So um, I, I would I would say no. I could do some grant research. Maybe we get some, some money uh, put together for this. All right, all right. I'll just be going, that, that was all BS. Like everything I've just said was, I was just trying to make you guys feel like you actually had something to talk about here. There's there's no apparitions. The, there's not been anything in the projector room. Like, it's been. I, I was just trying to make you feel better. How dare you! I can't be a part of this any longer. 
So was anything true that you said? The basement was flooded. Oh, okay. Well, I guess that's interesting. And I really don't know where that hole goes. Oh, well, it looks like it just doesn't really go anywhere interesting from where I stand. If you want to research further, you're welcome to go in there, but I don't think you'll get very far. Well, thank you for your time, Stephen. Yeah, glad I could be of help. It was great. I mean, I did learn, I mean, I assume the history of the Tower Theater was all true, of course. Yes, 100%. That was, that was all true. Well, that was good. That was kind of interesting. Like to always like to learn more about my local history. So thank you for your time. After saying goodbye to Stephen, I joined Wichoff outside the Tower Theater, where I caught him ripping out a page in his black notebook and muttering something as he was tearing it into smaller and smaller pieces. Hey, are you okay? I'm frustrated. Well, how about we go inside Scotty's Deli and get a bite to eat? Food usually puts me in a better mood. Mmm, I am. Okay, I'll take that as a yes. Sam! Sam, over here, it's Greg. What are you doing at Scotty's Deli? That was Greg Elwell, the owner of the food blog I Ate Oklahoma. His current nickname, according to his Twitter bio, is Uncle Heart Disease. Well, Joff and I... That's Joff Root. The professor and I were researching ghost stories at the Tower Theater, which turned out to be a bust. Ugh, he's a liar. Well, I know about some haunted restaurants in Oklahoma, if you guys are interested. Yeah, I'm, mm. I'm interested. Oh, always. I'm always curious to find more leads. Pull up a seat, fellas. I've got some ghost stories for you. Stay tuned to our next episode where Greg Elwell talks to us about some haunted restaurants and we go visit one of them. I'm Sam Saxon, and you've been listening to Tales Unveiled. Tales Unveiled is a production of the Show Starts Now Studios and is produced by Dennis Spielman. The voice of Sam Saxton is Dennis Spielman. The voice of Professor Jeff DeRoot is Jeff Provine. Voicemail from Aaron Sounders, featuring Steven Tyler as himself. For upcoming events at Tower Theater, visit www.towertheaterokc.com. To support this podcast and get bonus content, visit www.talesunveiled.com. This episode is dedicated to Sarah Atley, who died heroically saving the planet from a 150-foot monster made from quilts. Not our planet, but a planet. Finally, today's advice is from Will Rogers. The road to success is dotted with many tempting parking spaces. 